speak your truth wisely. So that means what I'm going to say, I'm going to say it regardless, but I'm not going to say it to everybody because I'm going to choose who can hear it. Because you might not, number one, be equipped to listen to my truth mm-hmm. or or you might not even merit my truth or, or what I want to speak on, you know? And when I say truth, it's speak your truth is just make, making you, um, it's very cliche, but for me, it's really just speaking what's in your heart. And your heart is usually always true. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. Hello, hello, awesome tribe, and welcome back to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. You know where you are. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for clicking play and gracing us with your presence and uh, being part of the Awaken the Awesome journey for however long as you are with us, hopefully for the long run. Um, It's nice being back. Uh, Episode 188. It's uh, definitely a thrill to uh, welcome everybody back. Uh, Some spring cleaning. If you guys haven't, you definitely should check out episode 187 with uh, Benjamin Von Wong. And I'm really highlighting this episode because it was my friend Dimitri. Hi, Dimitri. uh, Who actually highlighted the fact that as you know, as since day one, I have always said that this is a work in progress. And you know what? I will keep striving and putting in the efforts and bringing you bigger and better guests. And as you know, I always like to take notes. And there are like the star power list of individuals that I want to have on the podcast. And at some point during a random WhatsApp conversation, um, me and some friends actually just I had brought up the fact that, yeah, maybe at some point I'll probably have Von Wong on uh, on the uh, on the show. And you know, I'm always big about throwing words on into the universe and you say something and then you never think about it or you don't know how that's going to happen, but you keep putting in the work, you keep putting one step in front of the other. And lo and behold, last week I uh, basically published the episode and it's only when I was just sharing it as I usually do on my WhatsApp groups and among my friends who are nice enough basically to show me the support and reshare the episode when it comes out. And he actually brought it forward and he's like, dude, we joked about this years ago and you actually made it happen. We're so proud of you. And when that comes from a very genuine place and you don't even remember when you said that and I went back into my notes and I realized like, holy crap, I actually did. So it was one of those instances where I definitely had to bring it forward. Guys, watch your words. Uh, for good and for bad, your words will actually carry your truth and shape your reality. So make them the best, powerful, empowering, um, supportive, loving, and you know, dedicated words. And if you want to shape your reality, you definitely need to speak the right words and believe in yourself and believe that you can. It probably is not going to show up when or how or in the fashion that you want or or you even thought of. But if you keep putting in the right efforts and come from a very sincere place, you can't imagine the reality and the greatness that's going to reveal itself. So I want to say a very special thank you uh, to Ben Von Wong for actually gracing us uh, for uh, for his presence and his wisdom on the episode. It was a really fun, fun exchange. Uh, so I really invite you guys to check it out because it's definitely worth it. And uh, some spring cleaning, as you guys know. Um, 
It's been a it's been a it's been a busy week. It's been a busy week. Um, I'm just uh, throwing out into the universe right now. As of uh, today, it will be just uh, shy of six years uh, that I was working with my uh, current employer, and I basically um, basically handed in my resignation uh, last week. I uh, gave uh, a couple of weeks' notice, and next week, as of February third, uh, will be my last day uh, with uh, this current employer. So this was a very teachable moment for me where I keep saying in my heart of hearts, uh, you should not value comfort over growth. Uh, I had gotten a a very interesting uh, career opportunity uh, that was very, uh, you know, uh, engaging, Uh, new territory, definitely, definitely new chapter. Uh, So it was going to be something that uh, was scary, frightening uh, for a lot of reasons, but uh, you know what? It's all about everything I believe in. You have to take a chance on yourself and you can actually walk away with your head held high. Uh, as I told my boss, no ill will, no friction, no confrontation, no nothing. So it was a great opportunity for, actually, for me actually to seize. And uh, you know what? Looking down the pipeline, what else? how else can I be useful? How else can I serve? How else can I bring value uh, to another enterprise and even myself? So uh, yeah. Next week will be my last week, so I'll keep you guys posted on that one. Watch out for the uh, interwebs, probably on the Instagrams. I'll probably post a story or something, you know, as my last day. But uh, I wanted to talk about that. Anyway, uh, wife's a good, wife is good. Uh, kids are good. Doing well. Uh, spent the whole morning today shoveling snow. Uh, the driveway, the backyard, you know, as I like to, I like to, you know, just uh, make a little mound of uh, snow in the backyard so the kids can play around. So they had a fun doing that. Aside from that, uh, what else is going on? What else is going on? Not much. Not much. Um, it's been uh, really trying to uh, stay productive, stay proactive. I've got a huge calendar of amazing guests coming down the pipeline. As of this recording, I'm actually solidly booked for recordings all the way up through mid-May. So uh, I'm really actively you know, making sure that you know I don't repeat uh, past bad habits of the past years and always uh, falling behind on my production schedule. So this is me keeping myself accountable to you all you know, for everything that you guys give me. So on today's episode... Uh, this is actually an episode I recorded last year uh, with my brother Danny, uh, Danny Moise. Uh, I met Danny as uh, randomly as I was following. I was getting uh, some uh, some need. I had a need to actually find uh, some uh, external sources for um, working on myself, um, my personal mental health issues as a man, as a father. And uh, it wasn't something that I could do by myself. And I was looking for different uh, resources or re- different groups or different uh, avenues that I could actually take to actually find some support. It's sometimes you don't necessarily just need therapy. Sometimes you just need to be surrounded by the right people and people who are willing and ready and willing to actually, you know, open up and actually welcome you uh, with no judgment and no condescension whatsoever. And uh, this is not faulting in anything, you know, saying, like, oh, why can't you talk to your wife or something? No, no, no. Sometimes, and I may be faulted for this, and this is probably going to sound sexist, but I'm very open in saying that sometimes, it's also something we're going to get into in this conversation, that sometimes a man needs, you know, to speak to other men. And it takes another man to understand what a man is going through. And uh, I, that's why I've really gotten involved. As you guys know, I'm very vocal about my involvement, my involvement in uh, men's work. And uh, it's definitely something that uh, I really believe in. And it's definitely something that has become a lot more important uh, over the past couple of years where we realize how, how many men, unfortunately, are taking the very toxic avenues 
that uh, that we do see, uh, whether through taking their own lives or uh, spousal abuse or substance abuse or even worse. So we understand that there needs to be another dialogue among men in our society, in our culture. So these are uh, issues that uh, you know are very near and dear to me, especially with my own cultural script being a traditional Haitian. So Danny was, is uh, one of the moderators of uh, one of the men's groups I'm a part of uh, over WhatsApp and uh, a very group, a group of, uh, you know, I could actually, initially they were strangers, now they're brothers, and uh, you wouldn't believe it, and we're not talking about beer and boobs and, you know, and babes and sports and stuff, it's a very, very intimate collective of individuals who basically sit down and open up uh, every so often, uh, whether on Zoom calls, whether on WhatsApp, and the conversations are all about vulnerability how we can actually build each other up, how we can actually be there for each other, support each other, and speak to one another uh, with love and uh, uh, camaraderie, uh, which is what a man needs. A man needs to know that he's understood and that he's heard and that he's valued. Um, so these are things that uh, are very, very uh, consequential into the narrative that we want to shape, not just for ourselves, but our boys and our children going forward and our mates uh, so those are a lot of the topics that uh, Danny and I brush on. And uh, through his heart and through his uh, wonderful sense of empathy and presence and um, just openness to uh, share this conversation. This is not, you know, one of those hyper uh, formal interviews that I do. Uh, this is just me hitting record and uh, connecting uh, with a person who has now become a friend and a brother and uh, who's sharing his perspective on how we can actually be better men. It's as simple as that. Um, so I'm not going to extend uh, this long-ass intro any longer. Hey, Max. But um, it's definitely something that I thought was necessary because these are the conversations that can and will save uh, a lot of men's lives. And uh, if the more conversations like this we can have, uh, the more value we can bring and eventually, you know, write a different story uh, going forward. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 188 with Danny Moise. Here we go. I always like to start the conversation by acknowledging and celebrating the guest. Uh, we've only known each other off the IGs for a very short time. Um, and uh, I really want to say thank you. Why I want to say thank you is because um, I've been saying this a lot over the past year on the podcast. Because I've become a lot more sensitive and a lot more in tune and a lot more empathetic uh, mm. to uh, men's causes and men's work. Um, because I've understood through my own personal struggles, uh, whether through depression or my own little struggles of anxiety and my own little script of being a traditional born first son Haitian, you know, mm -hmm. the entire whatever that comes with, whatever burden that comes with, or whatever victories and honor that comes with, I've learned to understand that there's a lot of uh, internal struggle going on there. And mm -hmm. it's transitioning into North America. I've understood how to make a difference into, first of all, understanding my script and again, how to rewrite it. Um, and it's people like you and the, com the, the content that you share, the conversations that you share, the vulnerability that you share. Um, that I believe are conversations to be had uh, with our compadres, as I like to say, um, mm -hmm. because over the past years, I've realized, again, that this is just me. And this is why we're also opening up the, the, the conversation, because you're a lot more involved uh, directly mm -hmm. in our community and amongst men than I am. It's just that I keep saying this is the fact that I believe I have a sense that men don't talk enough. And mm -hmm. but I also am noticing whether as a father as a husband, as a friend, as a fellow guy, a fellow partner, as they say in our, in mm -hmm. our language, mm -hmm. that 
there's an awakening going on. Shameless plug. But there's an awakening going on in the conversation and the vulnerability that men are allowing themselves, whether mm-hmm. publicly or not. Uh, I'm part of a few groups on whether on Facebook or on WhatsApp. And the mm-hmm. conversation they're having, Danny, are not just about boobs and beers and sports and, and movies and, and basketball and cars. It yeah. turns out we're much more layered than that is the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, we wore that hat or that fallacy for a really long time. And I guess that right now we're going mm-hmm. through a period of shedding that, um, mm-hmm. that, that costume, that mask, if you will. And it's conversations like yours and are happening a lot online or in mm-hmm. particular focus groups that I'm really grateful for. Um, yeah. So for all the men listening to this recording or the people that love them, Danny, I want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing. I celebrate you and I really want to say a heartfelt welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast, brother. It's a, it's a real uh, honor and a privilege to have you. Oof. Well, after that, I could just leave. I'm good. <laughs> yes, I I humbly, humbly appreciate all of those praises. Uh, but it's not by myself, of course. Uh, true, uh, I am a moderator. I have a a group that started on WhatsApp, and we do a monthly conversations on different topics and sometimes it's just literally let's hop on zoom and just have a wellness check, you know, cause it's important. We don't want like coming up with topics or, or anything that people would want to discuss is fun at times. And other times I'm like, let's see where it goes. And when sometimes we just, let's see where it goes. We could be up there for two hours and a half. Yeah. I mean, and just, it's creating those safe space and, so Brothers Got Your Back was created and uh, happened after uh, one of our fellow Haitian entrepreneur uh, through the pandemic took his life. And from the outside in, we were like, this guy's got it all and everything, you know, and he was getting yes. praises and, you know, like his business was happening and everything. And then when the pandemic hit, he was at an event um he was he was doing these pastries. His name was Patrice Ber- Bernadette, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Les Delices de Patrice, mm-hmm. and it was really cool. It was like they're pastry macarons with people's faces, and he could put them like wow. customize them for the event itself. Um, so when the pandemic hit and nobody's doing any more events, okay. income stream don't come in no more, and you know self self employed. It's it's a different it's a yeah. different reality. I did reality. not I did not know him personally. I have friends that are close to him, but <clears throat> it hit us. It hit me and it hit us because there you are seeing a young man or a young adult, I would say, um, leaving it all behind and saying "fuck it, I'm done," mm-hmm. and leaving his daughter. Like I'm, I'm a father of three girls. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to bear that thought yeah. for, for you know leaving them at at such a young age. So we noticed that uh, me, Fimo, and another friend of ours created the group, and uh, that's how Brothers Got Your Back got started. That so is like, amazing. We just need a space. I mean, we're not gonna you know solve everything and. It's still intimate. The WhatsApp group that I have is about 40 people about. Mm-hmm. And the biggest conversations we've had are about 15 maximum. 
Like not everybody shows up, but it doesn't matter. The fact that, and not everybody's comfortable either to speak. Yes. It doesn't matter. You're showing up or you're, you're reading through the threads and, you know, you interact the way you can. Uh, vulnerability has many facets. And on my end, I speak. I have no fear. I have no filter of sharing my emotions and whatnot. But from, for another man, vulnerability could just be showing up and listening to other people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and from that, that could just be healing in itself. That's exactly, because for some guys, you know, just showing up and being in such a group is mm-hmm. the scariest thing ever. It's like, what, like, what is going on? Like, what is, what is this? I'm not used to this, you know? And it's scary. It's scary. And, um, I guess I want to piggyback with that because I, before recording, I thought I was going to, for some reason, it just came up in terms of personal story because we're talking about, you know, the walls we put around mm-hmm. ourselves as men emotionally, especially to, yeah. I don't know, guard ourselves because we have this, this persona, this facet that we want to push onto the world. And a personal story was like, I don't know, I was thinking about the very few times that I saw my father cry. Um, and as weird as it sounds, I'm sharing this because it's not, it's not, it's no secret. The first time I can go back, um, my father's pushing 70 still with us. And the first time I can remember seeing him cry, I think it was about, I was about maybe 10 and it was because his kid brother, his baby brother had died. He was an adult, but we were all at the funeral and my father's like the eldest of all his siblings. So, of course, he was handing all the funeral proceedings and you can just mm-hmm. see him like, you know, he wasn't like crushed or anything. He was just like, OK, we're going to the funeral mode. home. We're going yeah. to go, go mode. Like, OK, take care of this. Like, go take care of your mom. But the one time I saw him cry was mm-hmm. obviously after the, uh, the viewing where they closed the casket and then we're leaving the church. And of course, they're singing like you know hymns and stuff. And like for some reason, I saw I saw tears coming. Like he was singing, but you could see he was choked up. Like, and I'm talking to you about this because you know what? I'm 40. In 40 years old, I probably have you know five fingers on one hand. I have not seen my father cry more than five times. There were a couple of times, but that was like the farthest I can remember. And the reason I'm saying this is because exposure, culture, and conditioning is very important. It's part mm-hmm. of my script. I don't hide my vulnerability from my kids, but it's something I know it's a conscious effort for me to yeah. do, to be very open with them and to mm-hmm. share with them and to have bad days in front of them and to acknowledge mm-hmm. that, you know what, I'm not having a good day and I, daddy needs a hug. But my question to you was like, why, how can we do better? I'm not going to even going to ask you what, first of all, why is that so wrong of us? Loaded question, but also how can we do better, especially coming for people like me, if I'm a prime example, coming from that conditioning, how can we, how can we balance that, that those demons, Danny? Um, my opinion on that is you have either mimic exactly and mirror exactly what you've seen, or you do the total opposite. And I'll give you an analogy. I know a man who, whose father was very violent. He turned out that he wasn't because he's lived it. Therefore, he's doing the total opposite. We have a tendency of leading by example. Mm-hmm. Going back to seeing your father cry, I see my father cry two or three times. Twice for, well, my mom passed away, so... 
when he found when they, when they found out that she had cancer, and another time where he was, and that I think was the most vulnerable that he was able to do when things were going so bad in in our life, and it had nothing to do with my mother being sick at the time. Uh, it was it was everything around and how he felt. He felt that he was not being enough and he couldn't do it all and whatnot. And he just broke down. He was just tired. And it was probably the first and only time he was able to cry. And I kind of hugged him and it felt so weird. So, so weird. And that's the thing. We're not conditioned. We're not used to it, especially in Caribbean. Cause I'm not even going to say Haitian. I'm going to say Caribbean mm-hmm. ethnicities, communities. Um, the man has to be strong. There's no time for weakness. So how can we learn to, to let go? Is that when you see it's not working, doing it that way for so long, mm. when you notice that it's not good for me, speaking out or uh, sharing my emotion or just having a, a cry or whatever. Not that I cry that often, but when I have to, I let it out. Is because if you don't, there's two things. It causes an emotional cancer. That's how I call them. Okay. Emotional cancers are the worst because number one, they'll eat you alive. And that's how depression starts. That's how so many other things and physical ailment will come out because you're not feeling good. You're keeping everything inside bottled up and it's going to come out. So either it's going to come out with an actual physical illness or worse, it's going to come out in with violence. And often too often men don't, don't find ways to express themselves Okay. Therefore, they pile it on, they pile it on, they pile it on, and then one person just says one joke too many. Oh, it says one trigger. It's and and you're like, what's wrong with this person? If he would have brought or taken that time to speak on what was the issue the first time mm-hmm. something happened, that little joke would have been just that a little joke, you know. So I think it's really important to to know that if we have to do better because. If it's not working, then you gotta change. You gotta change. And um, how it's is there? Do you have some just to start on that process of healing, or rather, taking the the um, having the courage to look in the mirror and look within? Mm-hmm. Are there particular questions we can ask ourselves? Not just okay, what's wrong, or like how do I see myself mm-hmm. or like what's going on? Cause those are all questions that sound like so superficial, but yeah. for a man to ask that of himself, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of work. I'm talking from experience, but the reason I'm talking so vulnerable is because I know there are guys listening to us out there who like, mm-hmm. they need that outlet, but they wouldn't, they don't know how to start or where to start or, but I know the work starts from inside. How yeah. do we help them? Uh, find what works for you. Often people will look at to for um, and that's the problem. <laughs> a lot of men have used the physical activity to let things out, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were gym rats, or they would just go to do sports and whatnot, which is still very good because being active does clear the mind, takes away some aggression and whatnot. Doesn't take away what you're feeling though. At times, you know. Okay matter how much how many marathons you're running 
<laughs> if you're still not feeling good about yourself, it's kind of a double-edged sword, though, mm-hmm. because I know in the morning I sometimes not in the mood for it, but I have a little seven-minute core plank routine that I do. It's like 45 seconds uh, of the exercise and 15 seconds I, I rest, and then I do it for seven minutes. And it's That's different. Dope. Yeah, it's, uh, this guy, this YouTuber, uh, Chris Heria, he's like, he's ripped. He's like, <laughs> and I remember at the beginning, I was like, okay, let, let me start with 30 seconds and then 30 seconds rest, you know? But at every time, like, every time I would feel sluggish or whatnot, and I'm not in the mood. Okay. And I'll push myself to do it. It's like a shot, shot of adrenaline. And it's like, it gives you that pride that you did it regardless if you didn't feel like it. And I think it's being proud of yourself. We are probably one of them as men or as myself, quick to congratulate people. Never do do so on myself. Right. So now I started recently being one of the best cheerleaders for myself. When I know I do something well, you know, clap for your damn self. There you go. And you look at those people that are very um, confident or just, you know, praise themselves. They're seen as arrogant. The ones that believe in themselves, they're seen as cocky. Listen, you're in, I'm, I can't do it for you. I got to do it for myself. Because you, you could turn around and not be, you know, like I, the first person that comes to mind often is LeBron James. Yep. Say what you want. I've LeBron believes in his in himself so much that he is a brand. You know? Yep. And the times that, you know, people didn't like him or whatnot, didn't matter. He liked himself. He liked himself. He <laughs> and, liked and himself. Yeah. And so the, to really, really answer your question. It's the work that you have to start looking at yourself and start knowing who you are, and that's something I did very late in my life. Mm-hmm. Like when I separated, I was like, "Who am I?" So I'm separated, divorced, and for the first time in my life, because when you, tra- you you go from living with your parents and then you're going to live with your fiance, girlfriend, then fiance, then wife. You always have a presence, so you're never ever alone. And I believe in energy. Right. Come 2017, I got my own energy, and I'm like, I'm not liking my energy right now. Wow. You need to learn yourself. Who are you? Where's that self love that everybody's talking about? How come that's never been spoken to me? You know. There's a good Haitian saying that says, Yep. But that, and that's probably the epitome of what self love is. Mm-hmm. But never said, No, which you should just love yourself. You should love yourself. You but can flip not, it. You can flip it, but definitely you love yourself. Exactly. But it's not something that comes naturally. Nope. Because we haven't so, even thought about that because we spend so much time. And I also think that comes with, um, I hate to, I know it sounds cliche, but I think that also comes with the burden. I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, the burden of being a man. Um, because, um, I don't 
think that a lot of people or men themselves have stopped mm-hmm. two seconds because we're always in go mode. We're always in, because men are executors, men are providers, mm-hmm. men are doers yeah. and men yeah, identify I'm, themselves. I'm there you go. There, so men identify themselves by their accomplishments and their achievements. So mm-hmm. when you're asking me to stop, like literally stop and like, yo, who are you? Like, what do you mean? Who am I? I ain't got time to figure out who I am. Well, yes, you do actually. <laughs> you should actually do that, you know? Yeah. And this is where I believe that the message gets messed up a little bit because we're so, you know, just so with our heads down, trying to execute, trying to provide, trying to prevail mm-hmm. again with comparisons or not, but we never take the time to pull the brakes. As you said, for you, it yeah. took separation and divorce to actually take the time to understand your own energy. Um, I had that same chapter, if you will, um, where I say this all the time. The first two years of my marriage were all about yes, dear, all about mm. yes, dear. Like you know, like, we we happy wife, happy life. That's what we're, we're that's what because we're programmed. To. I saw my father being present for my mom, and mm. they've had their ups and downs, and that's the script I knew. And my wife came from the same background, of course, like you know, happily married, like you know, strong, like you know, 30, 40 plus year marriages. So I'm like, okay, so this is gonna take longevity, this is gonna take presence, <laughs> it's gonna take commitment. So I have to be here all the time. I have to say yes and everything. And but all after a good two and a half years, there was a lot of oh, I'm sorry, my phone fell off the floor. Sorry guys, this is this is podcasting. But <laughs> yeah, and we had that conversation where I'm like, you know what? I don't wanna go to Sunday dinner. I just want to stay home. And believe it or not, it wasn't a really a fight per se, but more of a, okay, what? this is different. What? What do you mean? What a, we've been doing this for two years now. Yeah, for her and for me. And yeah. for all the guys listening to us, and I think that's the message we're trying to share, is the fact that you are allowed to be you. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to be you you're allowed to take the time to understand that being you doesn't necessarily mean you know just shutting yourself off for the good and the well-being of the of those you care about there has and should be a balance you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i thank you for that because you know a lot of guys are not are not dialing that in because we're always yeah. in go mode yeah it's 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 either that or when you're not in <laughs> and it's funny because i remember I say funny. It's always with time it becomes funny, right? Mm-hmm. But at on the at the moment you're in it, it ain't funny at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a moment where I knew I had to stop was uh, when I ended up working for I was working for a bank who will remain nameless, obviously, <laughs> for eleven years, and then I got a package deal because my position got abolished, and I was like. All right, so here I am with two kids at the time. Wow. Uh, no job. Money's still coming in, like, because it's a package. I, uh-huh. I had, a, like, almost a year and a half worth. So I was getting paid, like, like I was still going to work. Uh-huh. But I had no, like, I would wake up, bring the kids to work, uh, bring the kids to daycare and school, come back home, clean a bit, watch something on and the times that there weren't even Netflix, it was, I don't remember. <laughs> it was in 2012. Wow. So I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Can and, you actually say that like a day before Netflix? Wow. Yeah, I know, right? 
But it was a streaming. I was I was I was already privy to certain streaming uh, sites where I was watching things, and um, and I, that was it. That was, and then my days consisted for a good two to three months of picking up the kids, coming back home, cleaning a bit, sometimes just falling asleep, not doing much. I had like lost a sense of identity. I was not being providing anything. Keep in mind, money's coming in. So I, mm-hmm. like, technically, I could have, I, I, I was searching for myself and did not realize that in the midst of all that, I was in full mode depression. Like, at one point, me and, at the time, my wife, were like, okay, let's go out, whatnot, just to change our mood and whatnot. And then she's like, okay, da, 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 what, you, what do you want to do? And then she's looking at me and she sees I'm like, not as peppy and, Joyce as I usually am and she's like what's wrong and I just started bawling just crying wow. like helplessly like a kid not knowing what I was going through and it's just the knowledge of not knowing who I was what I wanted and that's self-love like I needed to find um what what who Danny was without this job there's got to be more to it Right. So there has to. And we have to have the courage to actually see ourselves in a more favorable light because we're so used as men, not sure if you agree, to taking on the load mm-hmm. because we think, you know what, it's it's our burden to bear. It's our load to carry. And you know what? Yeah, I might need help, but I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, this yeah. is really heavy, but I'm not gonna share it. Yeah, I'm sort of not in the mood for this, but you know what? I'm going to deal with it. Yeah. I'm going to deal with it. You were talking about the confidence and um, the bravado of like loving yourself. You brought up LeBron. For me, mm-hmm. over the past, I have to say, a year, year and a half, you know who comes to mind? K Hart. I like yeah. Kevin Hart. Like I've, I don't know why. Like the dude cannot be stopped. He cannot yeah. be stopped. He cannot be put aside. He cannot be ignored. And I challenge you guys to actually go on YouTube and just like just type his name. I'm not looking for recent trailers or Netflix yeah, specials. Yeah. Look for like 13, 14 year old stand ups on YouTube. Yeah. You will find them and you will see a very young, very young, hungry comic who yeah. has no idea that in the course of the next maybe 10, 15 years, he will dominate his field because you know what he believed he could and he set out to do it and there was nothing in his mind that told him and convinced him otherwise that is the confidence that is the sheer if he can do that in such a cutthroat environment like stand-up comedy and transition as a renaissance man and become the mogul that he knows he is now what who are you not to chase the greatness that is within you as men as providers Mm -hmm. I know. I'm just like I don't know. It it really, it really matters to me that men stop with you know this this um, self pity or like mm-hmm. understanding that I know it's not all guys, but we're th- we're speaking to the guys that need to hear this. Yeah, it's important, Danny. That and you talk a lot about this. The vulnerability needs to be part of the conversation. It needs to yeah. be okay and. I guess I'm asking, like, how do we create this space? You talk a lot about creating a safe space, whether through WhatsApp mm-hmm. or groups or uh, for workshops. How do we, like, whether for me or a friend or a colleague mm-hmm. or just a random person, how do we create this safe space 
for for each other as men? Um, I think in my case, I lead by example. So because I'm very, it comes to me easily to be vulnerable, to speak and to share whatever I, I would go through or how, I, how I, I maneuver in life um, with my emotions. And some men are inspired by that because they see me like I'm, they've seen me and okay, I'm not a big, thick, muscular guy, but they can't, it, it's the problem with vulnerability is that it's too closely associated with weakness. Okay. And, and once you demystify that, once you realize that vulnerability is actually one of the strongest emotion that you could have um, because after you're vulnerable and you're, you, you don't really care of the outcome of how it, it's perceived afterwards. And that's the part you have to, and it's, it's the threshold of if I'm being vulnerable, this could be used against me, which is why most men will not be vulnerable because the one or two times they did it, it hit, it, they got hit back and hit back hard. So they're like, nah, I'm not going through that again. Versus me, okay, it's like when you speak your truth. I have a, ten- I have a tendency of using this catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Speak your truth wisely. So that means what I'm going to say, I'm going to say it regardless. But I'm not going to say it to everybody because I'm going to choose who can hear it. Because you might not, number one, be equipped to listen to my truth. Mm-hmm. Or, or you might not even merit my truth or, or what I want to speak on, you know? And when I say truth, it's, speak your truth is just make, making you, um, it's very cliche, but for me, it's really just speaking what's in your heart. And your heart is usually always true. Whether it's negative or positive, it's coming from your heart. By default, it should be your truth. And it could vary at times, you know, depending how you are. So going through how you can be vulnerable is finding out those you have to go, you have to go on the ledge and try it. You have no choice. You have no choice. You have to try it. And of course, um choosing carefully who you might want to be in it doesn't have to be a big group. It could be just one person. Mm-hmm. The problem is for men or like for men who are married, most of the time women are their only go-to, their wife or their spouse or their who significant other for okay. even men that are, you know, in gay, gay couplehood, whatnot. It's always their counterparts. The problem with that is that it can become a burden for that person, which yes. is why men need to talk to other men. Yes. Because ain't no man, ain't no woman that's going to understand what a man's going through. Care. He said it. I say and, it. He said it. And and there's no men who'll understand what a woman's going through. Doesn't mean okay. that the conversation doesn't mean that the conversation should be had, you know? But it's like it just makes no sense for for, for men to speak to women constantly about men issues. I don't see how that would work. I love my wife. My wife yeah. is my best friend. My wife is my buddy. We laugh, we cry, we chill. We've had like, you know, amazing adventures, both highs and lows. And sometimes, mm-hmm. as of late, she understands me when I tell her, like, you know what, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go, or like, I'm on the phone, I need to talk to 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm texting whoever, whether my brother's in Haiti, you know, or my best friends, like, you know, all, across, all over the place. You have to have a network. You have to have a network because, as you said, just like you, the board is very important. Guys, listen to this. Energy mm-hmm. is energy. You can fill yep. yourself up with negative energy, toxic energy, heavy energy, you know, frightening energy, scary energy. And is it fair, even if this is your significant other, you ride or die? Understand mm-hmm. that people, maybe like, you know, they're having a sunshine moment right now. And even if they say like, yes, I'm ready, like, you know, please share with me. And I understand this. The natural reaction is to reach out it's like, babe, I'm going through something right now. I'm not hiding anything. It's just that right now, I don't mm-hmm. think that I can explain to you what's going on. And what you said is very true because it's probably going to sound controversial, probably going to sound sexist or not mm-hmm. true or disrespectful to your significant others. But yes, it takes a man to understand what a man is going through the same way it takes a woman to understand what a woman is going through. I cannot understand pregnancy. I am not made to understand pregnancy. I will never understand that. I can empathize. I am a father of two. I yeah. lost a child. I understand this, but I am not going to sit here and tell myself, oh yeah, I totally, I totally understand. Of course, I understand what pregnant women go through. Absolutely not. And that's Okay. That is okay. Men have their own conditions, have their own issues, and there is a language to masculinity. And men need to understand this. Then you know what? Create the space. And I'm opening this up to other to significant others. Understand that your man, the man in your life, needs to have other men to speak to. And that is okay. You need to create that space for them. Wow. I'm sorry, I got carried away. No, and I love it. I love it. Uh, I want to take a moment to acknowledge the loss of your child. Oh, that, brother. That's showing right there vulnerability. Brother, thank you. And thank sharing you. it will help, help you heal, I hope. No, for sure. Um, for sure. I made um, a couple of episodes, like, actually, for the first time ever, because I mm-hmm. knew that that story in itself um, would help someone. So, you know, I, even after mm-hmm. five years of doing this podcast, it took me all that a really long time to actually mm-hmm. talk about it. It's something that I've learned to heal. I've learned to, as I like to tell people, you don't forget you just learn to live with it and you know it's gotten a lot better but thank you brother i didn't just don't want to make it about me but yeah no, i think it's for about guys one, listening to this i thought it was thing. important hey man i'm a man it's about us right now we're yes sir conversation, and this is exactly a proof of how why i say sharing is healing because the amount of times you've spoken about it the pain is still not completely gone but it's mm-hmm. less heavy yes sir so when it comes to any other topic that men are faced with or that are struggling with sharing is healing you just won't realize how much of a weight it will be off your shoulders when you're able to speak to somebody else i remember so one of our one of my model not my model but um we ended up having a hike last year Mm -hmm. we built a statue back and we were about eight which was real cool it was Mm -hmm. real fun and we got into got into contact with Hike MTL, which I love. That's a beautiful crew of uh, Black people that create all of these outdoors activities. Wow! Hiking. I did ice ice climbing last weekend. What? Yo, what's a Black people on ice climbing? It's beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, I'm trying to picture it. It's still hard. It's still hard. So yeah, I'm just like, it's it pixelized in my head. Coldest, it was one of the coldest days too because it was. It was very, very windy. So even the instructors were like, beautiful sunny day. It's only nine degrees out, minus nine. But with the wind, 
it, it, it cranked up there. Yeah. So, um, so with their help, we ended up doing a nice, beautiful hike. And while we were walking, one of the guys started talking about what he was going through and whatnot. And in the middle of the hike, we stopped and we just listened to him tell his story and what he was going through with this woman and whatnot. And the beauty of it was that we were just listening without actually giving, because that's, that's, that, this is when I realized you need to have a safe space and create free space for somebody to just talk. Because mm. sometimes there's no answer. Mm-hmm. You just need to let it out. I mean, how how am I going to say, oh, yeah, I, that's what I I would do this and do that? You don't know the woman. Nope. You don't know to the extent of what he's going through. So this, the, this, the moral of the story when we were walking was that we just stopped and listened to him. And then he was... And to, the funny part is he was asking, what do you th- guys think? Mm-hmm. And I, one of the other men said, well, we can't really speak on it because it's your relationship and you know her to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless she tells you otherwise, you know, but my experience with what I've gone through, which was somewhat similar, this is what I had done. You know, mm-hmm. so you could kind of guide the person. And at the end of the day, when you're speaking it, I started to believe a bit spiritually that when you're leaving it out in the open, the universe will end up answering you. You'll yep. get your answer. Yeah. Probably not on the spot from us, mm-hmm. but you're just going to be like, ah, you're going to have that aha moment. And and checked up with him afterwards. And it was pretty cool. It was uh he ended up uh, finding his answers. You know, that's very refreshing. That's very refreshing because um, sometimes we don't feel safe, we don't feel comfortable, we feel insecure, we feel uneasy, uh, mm-hmm. we feel scared um, to actually put it out there. And mm-hmm. just like you, you know, I'm part of a WhatsApp group, a Facebook group, and sometimes we have themes um, mm-hmm. uh, over the course of our conversations. And sometimes it's just like you know, open mics. Okay, what's on your mind right now? And yeah. some people are dealing like, you know, okay, with separation. Some people are dealing with uh, child custody. Some people are dealing with debt. Mm-hmm. And some people are dealing with just, hey, weight loss or like yeah. work overwhelm or like, or I just need a weekend, you know, without the kids. And you realize that, you know what? Hey, we're all human. We don't mm-hmm. have all the answers. But like you said, just creating that space just for the other person to understand and feel and believe that, you know what? It is okay for me to just exhale. And tell my story and share this weight with no judgment, with no fear of condescension or just like, ah, man up. Yeah. (laughs) Infamous man up. (laughs) Man up. Uh, Um, It's something that is truly powerful and something that we understand that words have weight and the words that we put onto the universe, as you said, you know, the universe mm -hmm. can take it and either mess it up or again, speak Mm -hmm. with intent, speak with truth and let's Mm -hmm. see what the universe brings back. Um, it's something that's, that's, that really needs to, to, that we need, really need to break, bring home. I had this question for you. I know it's loaded and we don't have all the answers when I was social workers, but I'm talking to a father from the father to the father. I am very aware right now. I've got two kids, as I told you, um, Mm -hmm. my daughter's nine, my son's six, and I cannot dissociate the fact that I'm raising a girl. I'm raising (laughs) a girl in 2022. I am the man in her life. 
those mm-hmm. words are ringing true for me now. I am, I am first of all, the model for a future man and mm-hmm. how he chooses to conduct himself in this new world. It's totally new to me. Their reality is not my reality. And mm-hmm. their struggles are not my struggles. All right? I have to be okay with that. I understand that there's, there are answers I will never have. I can only try to be the best guy I am. But more particularly to my daughter is the fact that I hear the word ally a lot. And I understand that I have an inherent responsibility from the simple fact of my chromosomes that I can, you know, make the landing field better for her in some way, shape or another, whether for her mother, her friends or all the women around us. And I hear the word ally a lot over the past couple and with your experience, because it's okay to throw the word out because it sounds nice, but really and truly, how do we, as men, create more favorable, favorable circumstances for our significant others and our women? Is there a way? How do we start? Ironically, I think a lot of us have had, have had a wrong approach to it. And I tell you this, even on my end, I realized that... I, Okay, I'm I'm not focusing the energy in the right direction. So I have three girls, right? And it's funny because, and I'm I'm always saying funny because it's it's like a, a mood I know, I know, I know, but I know what uh, you mean. Uh, but she's she's 17, finishing high school, going to prom, and she asked me, "Papi, can we go? Can you take the 22nd of April off?" And I'm like possibly but why i want to go shop for my wedding uh, for my uh for my prom dress and and notice how i just did a freudian slip slip there mm-hmm. because that's how it is yeah like, it's in your mind it's there oh, yeah. it's there it's 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 right there and the fact that i she's not only wants me there but is excited for me to she wants just the fact that she invited me and wants me there i'm like okay i'm doing something right. i'm doing this I'm yeah doing this. it's not all peachy trust me mm-hmm. like there's moments where i don't get where her and my ex went wrong because we're like we did not you know they say mm-hmm. like, i do not recall having dropped her when she was a kid so i don't get i do not get who was this lunatic I don't get what's coming out of her mouth at times. But um, where I say we need to focus more is we have to focus more on young men because they're the ones that are messing up when it comes to women. It's a patriarchic system. Uh, We talk about, uh, I've gone to uh, too many of them, vestige or whatever they call them. I'm sorry. I'm losing the words there, but um, of women that have femicides, you know, um, we're like, oh, we need to protect our women and we don't keep, we don't keep men accountable for their actions. When we see it, some of our buddies, like this week, myself, I ended up cussing out a guy that was one of them in my WhatsApp group. And I said, you know what? Your passive-aggressive microaggression aren't flying with me anymore. 
So I know, I, and the worst part is I know the guy is not like that. Uh-huh. But you know how you have that mob, mob mentality uh-huh. and you, the jokes go up and up and up and you just yep. And he was just acting differently, knowing then well that deep down this guy is very, very sincere and very, you know, like he was part of, it's another part of a group, not the Brothers Got Your Back, but another clique that I'm with. Because you have to find your tribes, right? Yeah, you have obviously, to for sure. And um, and I called him out, and I was like, you know what? I don't need that type of energy, and I, I left the group. And it was funny because I left the group knowing that I was going to come back to it. Uh-huh. But it's more like I wanted a reaction. I wanted a reaction, and, and maybe I should have gone a different way. And that's a learning process as well for me, you know, to learn the experience. I could have uh-huh. stepped up to him and said, you know what? those jokes are getting a bit to me at this point, you know, or I don't like yeah. it when you bring this up. And, and he was not the only one, but he, he, he was like the ringleader of the, the conversation. It was really fueling the, really fueling yeah, the conversation. The, the and, and so um, we need to keep men accountable. That's, that's how we'll have, uh, keep our daughters safer, our future woman, or, or like what happened this week. This young 11-year-old. I saw that on Twitter. Wow. I would be in prison. I would be in prison. So for the people that don't know, this 11-year-old girl got beaten, brutally beaten by this 25 or 21-year-old man. And the narrative, of course, is that, well, it was a little black girl, so we're not going to divulge whatever the, the the identity of the, the person or the perpetrator or whatever. But I, and they were flipping it like, well, if it would have been a little white boy, white girl, little white yeah, girl let's go with the narrative. We already been plastered, right? Um, but to think that, that, I mean, I have a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old who's going to be 14, and an 8-year-old who's going to be 9 on uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in April. See, we're all, like, I have three girls, but at least I got two Aries with me. So <laughs> it evens out. Uh, to think that one of them would have to have gone through that, like, my, my stomach, that whole day, my stomach. It hit was, me. It hit me. I saw, I saw it late last night on Twitter, yeah. and it was like, how how is this still happening? How yeah. can that happen? Like, what goes through your mind? And mm-hmm. the sad reality is, the fact that the person does it because part of them knows they can part of them mm-hmm. has understood and accepted and registered i can do this yeah i can do this to this person and you know what i will and that is a sad state of affairs if this is where we are and it's a scary thing and this is why you know i thought it was important to bring this up you know to the guys listening to us and the mothers You need to understand that, you know what, you have a responsibility to your children and to yourself to be better, to do better, to speak better. I don't know the young girl. I don't know their family. I don't know where she was going. Where she's coming home from school. Where she's coming. I don't know. All right. We can't protect the kids from everything. I understand that at some point, you know, I understand that you're going to go out there. Homeschooling all of them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Get food delivered directly from home, and they they would see the sunlight only on the balcony. That would be this it. This is life. You know? This is but, life. Uh, 
this is like you're gonna have to let them go and understand that you know what you can only arm them as best you can but understand that you know you can't be you know you can't put a micro even putting a microchip on them like it's not gonna work you have to experience this life for all the ugliness that goes with it because it's Mm -hmm. not cookie cutter out there it's a scary fact but it's a real fact and my heart goes out to her family i hope she recovers but it's a it's a very sad thing and you need to understand as men we have a responsibility, as you said, to change the dialogue, you know, whether because my son is younger, obviously. But I tell him like slowly he's, he's six, but I slowly tell him, like, you know, respect your sister, mm-hmm. respect your sister. You see your sister on the schoolyard. You protect your sister, you know, Very always cool. treat your mother well, always say hi to granny, always open mm-hmm. the door. And he's he's a gem like he could. He's a gem. He like every other week he comes back with a with a slip from the class like, you know, oh, no, I had a great day at school. Like, you know, he gets uh, he gets to bring a toy tomorrow. Like. Dude, what, what are you doing? Like, what, like, dude? <laughs> okay. You make me look bad. <laughs> but it's it's true because these are I'm not I'm not tooting my own horn, but you know these are the little things, the little nuggets, the little seeds yeah. that I know that you know what you as you said, leading by example is the only way. One of the first steps mm-hmm. that we can do is provide this safe environment and change the narrative, and yeah. change the script of you know the generation that's coming up. You know. Um, I know you're busy. I don't want to keep you too long. We're coming up on top of the hour. Um, but don't do it because I got to respect your life too. You do have a life. But um, for, for the guy who's listening to us, you know, whether going to work, whether, you know, just, you know, just doing his regular nine to five and who's keeping to himself. And he's like, nobody understands me and I'm all alone. And you know what, you know, it's like, yeah, you guys, you guys got it easy. Like, you know, but you don't understand me. You don't understand me. And I get, I have it hard because everybody has their story, right? Everybody's story. And guys were very good at that. Like, you know, yeah, but let me tell you this story. Let me tell you how, how shitty my life is. But we know that he doesn't have to be alone. Danny, what can we tell them? You know, clicking off this recording, what are the words of encouragement that we can, we can leave him with? Let him know that, you know what? We're here for him. How can we speak to him for for him to reach out and understand that, you know what? I don't think he's alone, Danny, but I think he needs to hear it from you, from me, from any, someone close to him. What can we do to let him know that, you know, it's okay? Definitely trying to find his voice, his voice and courage to speak out. Because if he feels that he is alone, which might be true in his own narrative, speaking with somebody else, that other person says, oh, but I've gone through that. And then that'll probably be that aha moment where he'll realize like, oh my God, what do you mean you've gone through that? Like, yeah, I'm no longer there, but I was there. And this is what I did and whatnot. So by speaking, he, that person might end up finding the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, really figuring out that by sharing you're able to you're, it's going to sound cliche and i'm like almost badgering it at this point but by sharing you're going to take off the load off your shoulder you're going to be feeling less heavy you're going to just take off all those burdens that are often self-imposed um that reach out to even therapists like i've currently started therapy which is ironic because I'm not at the point in my life where I quote unquote would think I need therapy and because I'm very happy right now. Like I've done the work on myself and I've like, I've gone through the pain. I've gone through self-reflection, writing and everything for about five years. The reason why I'm going to the therapy right now is 
because there's questions, there's answers that I want that I don't know the questions to. I don't know how to get to those answers. So I figured, let me bounce off what I'm trying to get with somebody that's actually trained into this, you know? Mm -hmm. So therapy is also something that is very stigmatized and very taboo in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, And finding a black therapist is even harder. It's like striking gold at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And I got both. I got got a black therapist. I'm like, yes. Wow. Um, Nice. But yeah, I mean, find ways. You need to find ways because if you're not feeling it, it's going to be the hardest thing to do. But the reward is so, so worth it. It's so worth it. Just push yourself through it. It's like doing those planks in the morning, man. That sense of accomplishment, that's how men are wired. It's mm-hmm. a, it's very primal. We have accomplished something, we feel good. So if you feel good by doing a seven-minute thing and you could take that vibe for the rest of the day, you started your day properly. I'm not doing it every morning. There's days I'm like, yo, pff. I start at 8, my alarm is at 7.45, I'll start at 7.55, you know, wake up, splash water, brush my teeth, and then we're good to go. Go. The the, the joys of working from home. <laughs> but, but at times, you still need to push yourself. So pushing yourself will help you um, get to the other side where it's it's much greener. The, the grass is much greener once you push yourself through it, you know. Um and it demands it demands help. Don't be scared to to ask for help, whether it's your parents, whether it's your friend, your cousin, your brother, sister, whatever. Find somebody. Find outlets, whether it's painting, writing, biking, whatever, whatever you think that you know you like. It's not going to take away the issue, and that's the thing. What people need to understand, and men as women also is that doing all this won't make your job suck less. You know, if the issue is your job sucks, it's not as easy as saying, well, shit, get a new job. No, sometimes you're stuck in that job. Mm-hmm. But everything around your job doesn't have to suck because of your job. Your life shouldn't suck all around because your job is not something that you're enjoying. Find yourself things that you enjoy. I I'm, I have a job, job, you know, like it's not a profession. Mm-hmm. And at times I hate it. And at other times I love it. Why? Because I am able to see where, listen, I've, I've, <laughs> I've had the worst job at one point. I was a collection agency. Wow. Yeah. For, for, for RBC. Wow. On credit cards that were revoked. Do you know that I was still able to to get a letter from a customer thanking me? That was unheard of. My my supervisor was like, how did you do that? How do you go ahead, collect money for for the people? You just need to be empathetic. And I, I used to go in there and say, listen, I know you're late. You know you're late. But here's how you could fix it, you know? And I would be, instead of badgering them, I need your money, this, 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 mm-hmm. I would use the somewhat guilt approach. 
depending who it, who they were. Mm-hmm. And often that would be like, listen, you don't have the full amount. It's okay. Put something. Put that ten dollars that you could put. Because eventually it's not going to snowball and you won't look at it as a Kilimanjaro mountain, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. won't be Mount Everest of bills and debts. Mm -hmm. It will be, you know, mostly we know or something. (laughs) 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 So, so I was, I was doing it really as a educational collection agent. It was super hilarious. Wow. Uh, But yeah, so you got, you just got to find yourself. You got to find light in, in your situation because there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And when you're up, life is great. But trust me, it's going to go down again. Like I'm in the upswing now for the past since December. Like, okay. So since January, because December, <laughs> Omicron came over, had a flag break up, <laughs> all type of emotions. I was like, Ugh. wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Decepticon, Autobots, all of them. <laughs> and then come January, I was like, okay, I'm making space. I really resonated. I started reading. I'm doing new things. You know, you push yourself to do new things. You're going to find out if you like it or you know. But at least you're like, oh, off my bucket list. Boom. I, I did cross-country skiing. See a black man doing wow. cross-country. Uh, like, I, like you guys you guys i hear you, i see you people i see you people like you know skiing and yeah. hockey and skating like i we got the kids skates like for the mm. winter we take them mm. to the local rink but i am the i'm the dad in the stands yeah love you like yeah don't don't hit yourself wow that hurt i roll you'll you'll be you're good good that's me that's me right but i have friends because we have friends in the neighborhood are like dude come on it's like you know it's totally fine let's go skiing like no no i like okay Okay. ludovic this is for you no all right not yet okay i'm not i i don't i'm not there yet i'm not there is it the cold is it the cold though (sighs) not really i rather like the cold like seriously, okay. like I came, like I came, to, I came to Quebec. I got used to the cold pretty easy, um, but it's not the cold. It's maybe like it's it's the fear of falling on my ass, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's like the disc- really back. Mm. You, you, unless you really fell, fell, mm. you get back up. Yeah, I try. Like, I have to be honest. I tried a couple of times. It's just like this, probably the the skates were bad, or I was just like mm. I feel like I feel like a, a giraffe that was just born. Like, like what the hell? <laughs> It's like, I don't know, because I'm 6'4", right? So I'm falling from far. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way to go down. It's a long way down. Dude, man, dude, uh, this is such great energy. I am full. I am full. I like to say this. I am full. The good, the energy you give, the energy you keep. Uh, Danny, I can't thank you enough, man. This is a, an amazing, an amazing conversation. I really, 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 I can't, I can't thank you enough. Um, but I always like to leave space. Shameless plugging time for anyone listening to this recording, wanting to connect with you and follow up with you on the interwebs, any particular places we can direct them. Um, mostly would be two place on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is uh, my handle is MTL uncommon. So MTL dot UN dot common. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's brothers got your back. Okay. So on the Instagram is Brothers Got Your Back. I haven't really fed that maybe yet because it's uh-huh. still very uh, still very new. But cool. um, 
Oh, yeah. Those are the ways you could get me or just danny.moise at gmail.com. Definitely link it up. Definitely link it up on the blog. (laughs) My emails once every two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) If you need me, you call me. For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, definitely, of course, I'll add all those links into the blog post. And there is a running tradition on the program that we always like that I like to call the next step. Basically, open mic, open forum, just like, you know, not putting you under the spotlight, but a personal Mm -hmm. mantra a book, a quote, uh, you know, a daily affirmation, or just a bit of advice that someone can wake up tomorrow and use as a next step towards the next one to their journey. Is there anything you can lead them with? Um, well, I'm reading a book right now, which from Brene Brown. And for those who don't know, Google her. She has, she's, she's amazing. Like shame and vulnerability queen. And I'm learning a lot from her and I'm like, it resonates a lot. And I hate reading. And I'm, and I'm and I'm devouring this book, like, uh, but yeah. Um, so definitely, right now I'm reading uh, "Daring Greatly," which is probably one of her first book. She has mm-hmm. a couple of others, and uh, just be true to yourself. Feel, go through it. And once you feel, then you'll let it go, and it won't stay in. So sharing is healing. It's a it's a very uh, cliche. Uh, usually people say sharing is caring. I'm like, nah. I mean, you could care, but if you share, you're healing because you're, you're not healing. too busy for yourself. Mm. Universe will take care of it. So, yeah. Wow. wow. I love it. I love it. Danny, an amazing privilege, an honor, and a thrill. Thank you so much for sharing your truth and sharing this time. I hope the listeners have taken notes. I know I have. And for the men specifically listening to us, I know, I hope that you know that we are listening to you. We are, mm-hmm. we are, we are loving you. We are creating this space and people like Danny and all other uh, men's work, um, you know, enthusiasts and workshop leaders and community mm-hmm. leaders and activists, we are here to help. And if all you need is someone to listen to, and you know, to open this space for you, we might not have all the answers. We're not social workers. We're not therapists. But people like Danny and others like him are here to actually listen and provide the space that, you know, we also need. And for that, Danny, I thank you. Guys, as always, thank you so much for sharing, uh, again, this part of the journey of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. Look out for the next episode. The episode, you know where to find us on the Apples and the Googles and the Spotify's of the world. But as always, your time and your support is always appreciated. Thank you so much for being part of the journey. Stay blessed. Stay safe. As always do. Stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback. So please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.